0: The Holy Gospel, according to St. Luke, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, but they did not receive him, because his face was set toward Jerusalem. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The gospel of the Lord. Praise you may be seated. I believe we have one children child for the children's sermon. Good morning. morning. How are you? I'm good. That's good. I'm good too. As usual, I've got a question for you. Have you ever planted a seed or worked in a garden or even worked in a field before? I worked in a garden, my own garden. Your own garden. Yeah. What kind of things did you grow? I growed, um, I growed corn. Ooh, nice. Like lettuce and stuff? Yeah, lettuce. Onions that I do like that make you cry. Because <laughs> mommy likes to put it in her face. So we have corn, we have lettuce, we have onions that make you cry. Yeah. Anything else? And I got a new giraffe on my yard, so... Oh, nice. His name is giraffe. So with that garden, when you planted these things, did you plant them and water them and weed for them and all that kind of stuff? Yeah? And did you check on it regularly? And did you ever double check? Yeah? Yeah, I do too. In today's text, we have this line. There's one line where Jesus says, whoever puts a hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Now sometimes... It's hard to know what that means. Have you ever plowed before? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not many people have done the plowing that this is talking about. So they were probably plowing with two oxen. And they were together. Think of two cows, but not cows. Two oxen. They were together. They had a little thing that connected them, kind of like horses do. And they pull a plow. But this wasn't a real big plow like you see in the fields today. This was a really small plow. I know. It wasn't a whole lot of fun. And they go down one side and they probably go over here and they come down the other side and they just keep going back and forth working the soil over just like you kind of do for a garden. Now when Jesus says whoever puts a hand to the plow and looks back that means whoever puts a hand to the plow whoever starts plowing and keeps looking at what they've already done keeps looking at the past that's not very helpful in the kingdom of God. When you grow a garden, after you planted the seeds, did you keep planning how to plant seeds? Someday I want to be a gardening so I can help everybody? Yeah. You keep thinking about seeds, right? When you ever weeded, did you keep thinking about, oh, I need to pull weeds? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're just like that person who puts a hand to the plow and then looks backwards. We all do that. And that's, when we say it's unfit for the kingdom of God, that's where we come to something called grace. Do you know what grace is? Grace, and this is the way I teach it in First Communion class. Remember those presents that we went over? Yeah. Yeah. So grace is something really, 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 really good, but you didn't deserve it. Yeah, Christmas is a great example because I can't tell you the number of presents I've gotten and I know I didn't deserve it. Grace is something really, really, really good and you didn't deserve it. So even though this text says whoever puts a hand in the plow looks backwards into the past is not fit for the kingdom of God. And even though we ourselves live in the past quite a bit, don't we? No matter what, God loves us. And there's grace for us. And God will give us really, really, really good things. Even when we don't deserve it. Like a really good family. Like a great family. That's right. You've been graced with that. And I think I've been graced with that too. Yeah. So this week, what I want you to remember. Is that God gives you good things. No matter what. Can you remember that? Yeah. Alright. First time in Christmas, I got a BS. I, cried. <laughs> really? I know. I had to keep you at me. Should we say a prayer? Mm-hmm. All right, let's say a prayer. God, thank you for grace. Thank you for really, really good things, even when we don't deserve it. Thank you for our families and for our gardens. Thank you for helping us to look ahead, even when we want to look behind. Thank you for being there always. Be with us this week and help us to share the good things that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. amen. This text kind of works like an incline. It starts small and it works its way up to how much of a priority the kingdom of God in our lives should be. It starts with something pretty simple, doesn't it? <laughs> James and John see a, a town of Samaritans that don't want to welcome Jesus because Jesus is very Jerusalem-centric right now, and that's not where the Samaritan people were. That's just not what they had on their minds. And so they said, okay, you're all about Jerusalem. We'll see you later. And James and John respond in kind of an extreme way. Lord, would you like us to call down fire from heaven to consume them all? (laughs) No thanks, guys. (laughs) So he rebukes them and they start going on to another road. Now here at the beginning of the story, it's very easiest for us to say you know what? To follow Christ, that means vengeance is not a priority in our lives. To follow Christ that means vengeance is not a priority in our lives. And then we come to this next part. We have this person, following Jesus, say, I'm going to follow you wherever you go? Well, foxes have den, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And there's the second moment. In our life of Christ, comfort is not to be more of our priority. A place to lay our heads is not more of our priority than the life of Christ. Now, just in that jump alone, we've kind of said, like, "Mm." What about a good pillow? (laughs) Can I take a good pillow? Comfort is not more of a priority than living a life of Christ. Then we make the third jump. Lord, I'll follow you. Just let me go bury my father. And this one breaks my heart. Especially after a few years ago seeing my own father bury his father. And the meaningful moment of all of that. And Jesus almost seems harsh here, doesn't he? Let the dead bury their own dead. But you, you go proclaim the kingdom of God. The traditions of family, those gathering moments, are not to be more of a priority Than the kingdom of God. Then finally, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me just go say goodbye to the people at my house. Family connections themselves are not to be more of a priority than the kingdom of God. I was really okay not setting fire to a whole town. as the story went on I found at least a few moments if not every other moment a little bit condemning how about you yeah (laughs) I'm going to say goodbye to my family I'm kind of stubborn in that one and so much as I can help it I will be there for my parents in life and in death I like my pillow. I just do. A good night's sleep is helpful for me to do a good job. And from time to time, at the very least, I want a little bit of vengeance. No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And while from time to time I am good at that, each one of us has failed in the eyes of this text at some point. We have selected something over the kingdom of God. Now, I should say here in this moment that I don't believe every part of these things is exclusive to the kingdom of God or separate from the kingdom of God. Vengeance, while not ours, does belong to the Lord. As we hear in Old and New Testaments, And God does go to prepare a place for us. We will have a place to lay our head. And when we pray to God, we use the words, Our Father. And each year, we mark the moment of time when the Son is crucified. And we gather together with people we call brothers and sisters in Christ every week. And we certainly tell each other where we are going and where we are heading and where we are off to. After all, so did Jesus. Jesus came back from the dead, was with his disciples, and then in a moment on the Mount of Olives, tells the disciples where he's going, and then ascends into heaven. Even Jesus falls inside of this line of thinking. But there's still something here. There's something here about not making things more of our priority than the kingdom of God in our lives. These things can coexist, but our one and only point of reference, our one and only compass, is what God is doing. And I am unfit. I choose comfort over the kingdom of God quite often. And I choose self over the kingdom of God more than I'd like to admit. And I choose these things more than I'd like to admit. And we can get into a debate if you want. But I'm pretty sure I can win this one. So do you. We all do this. And that's where grace comes in. Grace... Is something really, 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 really good, and we don't deserve it. In other words, grace is giving the good things of God to the unfit. You are not fit, which means you're a perfect candidate for grace. You're a perfect candidate for God, nonetheless, giving you the good things of life. You're a perfect candidate for all of this all the things you hear in church, all the things you see in scripture, heaven and earth come as one. And the tree of life in the midst of us, feeding us, nourishing us, all of it. And so with grace, the text becomes something different, doesn't it? The text becomes not about whether or not we are failing. It becomes not about a litmus test. It becomes not about a moment to be scared or worried about our salvation. The text becomes something different. And so, let's hear it knowing that we will receive grace. Knowing that we will receive mercy. Knowing that God will be good to us no matter what. So when James and John decide to call fire down... That's a moment to tell us not that we have failed or we have succeeded, but to tell us that there will be moments when you want to bring vengeance in life and the kingdom of God is trying to pull you in a different direction. And that moment when the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head, that will tell you there are moments in life when we are going to want to simply quit find the nearest room with air conditioning, sit down and not do anything for a while. But this is telling us that God wants our work, God wants our effort, God wants our energy, God wants us to give self-sacrificially in this life. in the burial of the Father. I find not a command to ignore family, but rather a command that first comes an entire life of Christ before this moment. Live your lives in a way that when it comes time for your burial... The first thing people will think of is not, I need to make this a great party, nor I need to make sure that all the caterers are here, but rather, how do I use this opportunity to pursue the kingdom of God even more, just like this person did their entire lives? The moment becomes not about death, but the kingdom of God itself. Live your life in this way. And finally, when it comes to saying goodbye to the people at our house, this is a reorientation to not see our house as the only place where our brothers and sisters will be. Our brothers and sisters are indeed out there, outside of our house. Our brothers and sisters are indeed out there, outside of our communities and our senses of familiarity. And when God leads us to them and God mixes us and binds us to them, we will see that our brothers and sisters were not all in the house to begin with. Our brothers and sisters are out there. This is a text that first condemns us and then releases us into the world again. It brings us in and it pushes us out like the beating of a heart and like the liturgy of the church, it flows continuously again and again and again for the entire life of us and the worshiping community in all places. You have been called in and parts of your lives have been held up in a mirror and said, "Hey." This doesn't quite look like the kingdom of God. But as you are called in, hear grace that God loves you. Hear grace that God will never forsake you. And hear a calling. Go out and try it again. Go out and this time live a little bit more like the kingdom of God. Go out and try this one more time and then come back in. So breathe, and hear it, and then go. In condemnation, and in grace, and in going, God be with you. Amen.